When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. On the Golden Hurricane Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College, this is Eye of the Hurricane Podcast, the official podcast of University of Tulsa Athletics. Hello and welcome once again to Eye of the Hurricane Podcast, On the Road with the Cane. Bruce Howard along with Rick Corey and we join you from the Omni Hotel here in Fort Worth. Tomorrow the University of Tulsa football team will tangle with Mississippi State in the Armed Forces Bowl. That game starts at 11 o'clock. We'll be on the air starting at 10 a.m. And Rick... Uh, Jeremy Poplin will be joining us tomorrow in studio. Looking forward to that game. But first, let's pivot sideways just a little bit. Frank Haith's basketball team, an epic game last night. A five, uh, number five team they were playing, Houston. They knocked out Houston by one point with a last-second couple of free throws by Brandon Rochelle. And, Rick, before I get a comment from you, here are the SoundCloud highlights from that game. They're down 30-29. to 29. Here's Joyner. Two seconds to go. Joyner driving inside all the way in. His layup at the buzzer rolls in. Count it. Oh, my. Joyner went inside, and that ball hit the rim five or six times. It never looked like it was going to go in. And somehow, some way, that thing drops down through, and the Hurricane... Leading 31 to 30 here at halftime. On Loi Dowu, triple team to the right side. Richie a three. Yes! Richie off the right side. Austin Richie burying a three. And the Hurricane leading 57 51, equaling their largest lead. Six and a half minutes to play. Rochelle with five to shoot, top of the key. Now drives. He fades back two to shoot. He fades away, fires a three, and makes it. Holy smokes! Brandon Rochelle with a yo yo move, and he drops. He steps back, and he hits a monster three for Tulsa, 60-54. to 54. Tulsa is back 
up by six points. Man, what a play. Off to Rochelle. Rochelle drives inside, goes down low, misses the layup, rebound, tipped in. It was either Idowu or Brandon Rochelle who got that one. They were both right there. I think it was Rochelle. I'm just so in tune with what he's doing. Just feels it out there right now. Tulsa 62 to 58. Giroud inbound baseline left. 11.8 seconds to go. Here we go. Inbounds play. They wait. They wait. They wait. They lock. Launch it into the left-hand corner. It's Mills. Mills drives the left baseline. Fades back. A 10-footer good with 6.3 seconds to go. And Tulsa will inbound the ball to Joyner. Tulsa trails by a 64-63 score. Out front, Rochelle. Rochelle drives all the way in. Gets fouled with .1 seconds remaining. They had to call that. And the fouls against Gresham. He's fouled out of the game. 64-63, 64-63, Houston with the lead, .1 seconds to go. Rochelle drove the basket, got fouled going up. Oh, Coach man, Sampson smoked. Coach Sampson can't believe the call was made, and neither can I. Rochelle to the line to shoot two. He's 6 for 6 today. He's 65% on the year, and he's got two for the Golden Hurricane under the most unbelievable conditions. And Gresham is fouled out, and here goes Brandon Rochelle to the free throw line for TU. Got to tie it first and then try to win it. Rochelle has the ball in his hands. Free throw on the way. Swish! He got the first one. He has 21 points. Second free throw coming up for Brandon Rochelle. He bounces it three times. Free throw on the way. Bouncing on the rim. It drops in. Point one seconds to go. Tulsa 65. Houston 64. Inbounds play. It goes to Giroux. He can't get the shot off in time. Tulsa wins on Brandon Rochelle's two free throws with point one seconds remaining. And the Golden Hurricane is upset number five. Houston. Wow. What a game. What a play. And a couple of clutch free throws by Tulsa's best player gives to you the victory in an absolutely pulsating basketball game. I don't even know what to say. I mean, that's such a huge victory for this team that that a couple games ago we didn't know what we had, and they just gutted it out. Wow, what a finish for the Hurricane, Rick. It was it was tremendous, and any time you can beat number five, and it's only happened a couple of times in TU history, it's a huge thing. Well, I just like that Frank's, Frank Hayes' guys have kind of rallied around him. You see him every year, and when I was with you, and you see it more than me now, but when, I, when we were there, you watch him build every year a little at a time. You see him kind of thinking through rotations and guys and who mixes and who matches. And I don't think there's a better coach at doing that, at taking a bunch of jumbled up players who are really talented yeah, and then finally finding the combinations that really play. And I heard you on an interview earlier talking about how this was a rock fight and, and Tulsa brought the rocks, and that's great to see as well. A team with fight will always win for you. Yeah, and they play good defense, and Houston plays good defense, so it was a defensive struggle, and Tulsa ended up winning the game. But you are right, and obviously dealt a little bit of a short deck Coach Haith this year. Normally by this time you've played 12 games. You've had a chance to figure out your rotations. You figure out who goes with who and all that. He's had much less time to do that and yet here they are. They just beat the number five team. So a really great coaching job by by Coach Haith and his and his staff, and then, of course, the team. They have to respond. And right now they're playing as well defensively as uh, we've seen in his time at TU, and, and part of it is he's got better athletes. Not that the other ones that you know he's had in the past were bad athletes. They weren't. But these guys are long, athletic. It allows him to play more man-to-man defense and be able to 
play chest-to-chest with a Memphis or a Houston. I think that's really important. And I think it's also important, you mentioned something else when you talked about how you had to really fight for this. You realize what your guys are willing to do to win. Not all really good players are willing to put everything out there to win. You know, we, we talked about it, remember back, on, uh, back way back when, when we went on the road to Duke, and you know, our coaching staff told our guys, they'll be on the floor for balls, you better be too. Right. And you're seeing Frank's teams grow into that, where they're, the, they're those guys, they're those hard-nosed, you know, bare bones, I will fight with you in the alley to get a win, and that's really important too. And Tulsa on a four-game winning streak now. They're 5-3. and three. They head to Cincinnati coming up on Saturday. Tulsa will come into that game 2-1 and one in the American Athletic Conference. Terrific job by the Hurricane uh, last night on the hardwood. Now, on the turf, it is the Armed Forces Bowl game, and it's number 20, University of Tulsa, taking on Mississippi State out of the SEC and you know, Mike Leach obviously has his way of doing things, and we will see a very interesting Mississippi State team tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow morning, and tomorrow afternoon. Uh, they're three and seven, but in the SEC, they had some tough losses. Uh, you know, they've had some close losses, and they've had some really nice wins. And you know, this football team is going to get nothing but better with Mike Leach. You remember when he got the job, Barry Switzer tweeted, "Hey, SEC, you better get ready." Mike Leach is here. And we saw them do some of that early. They had the win against LSU and when everybody thought LSU was still a really good team, and they're still not a bad team. And then they had the late win against Missouri, who right. had some really good wins during the year as well. You're seeing what you see, I think, this is we talked about with Frank. You, you see he's got a freshman, he's playing a quarterback. You, got, you see he's rotated some guys in. You start to see him kind of coming up with his plan. They are a very unusual team from the standpoint of they rush for 36 yards a game. That's it. Right. I mean, in 10 games, 36 yards a game, that's what you've rushed for. But they find ways to win some important games, and he'll make them even better in the years to come. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you look at their numbers right now, averaging 20.7. That's not Mike Leach's team. No. Uh, total yards, 347. No. And that's not Mike. Obviously, passing 311 yards per game, that's a little low for a Mike Leach team as they throw it all over the lot. And isn't it apropos that against a team from Oklahoma, a guy named Will Rogers will start <laughs> at quarterback is, for Mississippi yeah. State? How about that, huh? Yeah, and he's probably met some guys he didn't like, unlike the other Will, but and he will sling it around. And you, you Tulsa's going to be without Zayvon Collins. He's declared for the draft, and so you're going to have to play against a guy like this who can run around some and make some plays. He's got a good arm. Without, you know, they're the best defensive player in the nation. You've got to find ways to do that. But when we talked to Coach Gillespie, he said exactly what he said all year long, and it's something we've echoed over and over again. His guys have been in the right place to make plays. It might not be Zayvon Collins in that place. It might be Grant Sawyer. You know, it, it might be uh, – uh, Rebels, but it's, somebody's going to be in the right place to make the right play. And coach told us in our Zoom meeting, it's like you know, as he talked to both of those guys, he said, you know, I don't, I don't want you to be Zayvon Collins, I want you to be Robert Rebels, or I want you to be Grant Sawyer. So those two guys will fill the gap. You know, we may see Mitchell Culkin in there, although Mitchell can play other linebacking positions as well as a backup. And he's the young man from Jenks has come along nicely. So uh, you know, just just like when Tulsa filled the gaps when Zayvon was out of the game, yep. second half of ECU, second half of Navy, they'll they'll plot on, and and they're a good defense without Zayvon. And let's re, let's realize too, Zayvon's been playing with some little nicks and bangs, and he hasn't been as one hundred percent the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, are you going to miss him? Of course, you're going to miss him. You can't not miss the the sure. defensive player of the year. But the other guys will step up and they'll do their jobs. What you'll have to do here, we talk about eyes right against say a Navy, or if you were to play an Army, it's just as important against this offense yes. because even though it's not triple option, it might as well be. 
because they used that short passing game for the running game, and you found an interesting stat about the running backs. Yeah, their running backs are, are averaging on the run, and we mentioned they're only averaging, what, as you mentioned, 36 uh, yards per game rushing-wise. And so Marks, their number one running back, averaging 4.1 on the ground, and Dylan Johnson, 4.1 on the ground. They're also receivers. In fact, uh, Jaquavius Marks is their leading receiver with 56 catches, but only 238 yards. He's averaging 4.2 per pass. And Johnson has something like 34 receptions, averaging 4.2 per pass. So whether you're throwing to those guys or handing it off, they're averaging around 4 four yards per touch, if you will. And that's pretty good out of your running back uh, group, right? really good in the SEC now, isn't it? I mean, you're playing against Alabamas and Auburns and Floridas and people like that. So it is very good. And they will be varied against Tulsa as well. And, you know, you don't know what's going to happen with Mike Leach. This is the guy who purposely dropped the wrong play sheet in an OU-Texas game so a Texas guy would find it and they would change defenses and Oklahoma jumps out to a quick lead because they were confused. Because he dropped a fake play sheet. You don't know what you're going to get from Mike Leach, and that's one of the things I think it's going to be a lot of fun about this game. On the other side, you do know what you're going to get from Tulsa. At least you hope you know what you're going to get from Tulsa. You're going to get good running game. You're going to get hopefully a nice intermediate passing game with occasionally a shot over the top. And that's the one thing I think is the big question mark. Can Zach Smith... Uh, have a complete game, have a 60-minute game where he's really effective during the entire contest, and can that passing game take a little bit of take a little bit of heat off the running game? Because right now Mississippi State shows to be a pretty good team against the rush. I think they only average 125 yes. allowing against the rush. That's pretty good in the SEC. So they're not bad against the rush. Now, if Tulsa can't get their running game going, they better be able to throw, and Zach Smith needs to be on. And this is going to have to be a running game through creativity as well. They are enormous in the inside. Those guys are hard to move. They're still somewhat athletic in there. And you're going to have to be able to crease the five gaps and the sevens. You're going to have to run some jet sweep or those shorter passes for things. You're going to have big games, or you need to have big games out of your slots. Guys who can get inside, make the 15-yard catch for first downs. That's going to be real key because you try to run in between the guard tackle gaps the entire game, you're going to find yourself facing a picture of the defense. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Mississippi State runs a 3-3 like Tulsa, but it's it's a little dissimilar. And it's the old 3-3 stack, mm-hmm. which can be kind of a difficult defense to navigate, and for Tulsa, the most difficulty they've had with their offensive line has been with teams that stunt and blitz and bring guys from every different angle. That's what Mississippi State does. So that's, to me, one of the big uh, hang-ups for Tulsa's offense is can that offensive line uh, you know, be able to handle the kind of stuff we saw from ECU and from Navy, just just stuff that, that, that can be difficult on, on young players especially. And when you, you think about the 3-3 stack, so now you've got six defenders who are looking for a gap. you got five offensive linemen, and you're going to have an H-back or a back who's right. going to help block as well. Those guys have to have as good a game as they've ever had, and especially those running backs in any kind of pass game have to know which guy is theirs when they come off the corner or they blitz. Because when these guys start twisting, with the size of those defensive linemen, when he gets up in your face and you bring that linebacker right off his tail, that's a very difficult thing to block, and it's hard for that running back or that H-back to slide over and get that sometimes. You've got to be in the right place at the right time. 
their eyes have to be as right as the guys who are back trying to make plays, tackles, and that kind of stuff. It is going to be a very, very interesting game from that standpoint. Some cat and mouse certainly going on. Yeah, their middle linebacker is terrific. Errol Thompson, their leading uh, tackler, 86 tackles on the season. And, you know, we're only talking about, what, 10 games for Mississippi State. So that's that's pretty stout. He's their best player. Their, their, their strength is in their linebackers. and it, but, but in the secondary, they're a little bit young. A couple of sophomore corners, another sophomore safety. Uh, so that may be an area. You hope it's an area Tulsa can exploit. Well, you'd like to see that happen. And, again, I think that's where the, that intermediate passing game can be big. Josh Johnson's been big there. We've seen the, you know one Carlos Santana do what I think early on a lot of us thought he was going to be able to do. He makes a spectacular catch against Tulane. He makes a spectacular t- catch against South Florida and turns that into something as well and, and those things. You see, and, uh, you're always going to see that, you know, uh, out of number two. He's just going to go do right, that, right? right. That's, just, that's just what he does. But I think that's going to have to happen. More importantly, I think they'll do fine. Zach's got to deliver the ball in time. He has to be has to be certain about it. it. There can't be standing and patting the football against these guys. Before you know it, you'll have about nine guys batting you in the head. Yeah, no doubt about it. And so for the Hurricane, uh, passing game, very important. And, you know, you got you mentioned Keelan Stokes, 37 catches, 37 this year for Josh Johnson as well. And Juan Carlos Santana has 30. I would like to see Sam Crawford emerge a little more. Oh, yeah. Seems like he hasn't been the same since he had the, the ding, kind of the concussion syndrome thing about four or five games ago. I'm looking for him to have a good game. I hope so. You know, maybe the catch against Cincinnati where he just right. made a remarkable catch and just took that ball away. We saw him in you know early a couple of years ago make some really important things happen out at San Jose. He has the really nice game, and you'd hope that he can, he can do that and repeat that. With him, sometimes you get the feeling like you've just got to get him a catch early to get him that confidence that, yeah, I'm as good as I as everybody tells me I am because there are players like that. I remember Charles Clay when he comes in as a freshman. Someone stood there and said, "Do you know how good you are?" And he was, you know, you know Charles. I mean, yeah. He's kind of quiet. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, that. well, yep. yeah. you got to believe you are as good as those guys say you are, and I think he can be. But I think it's really important that he gets a ball early. Yeah, no, no doubt. And so the Hurricane lined up against Mississippi State last time we were in the Armed Forces Bowl. It was actually a game at SMU because at TCU they were doing the renovations here at Amon G. Carter Stadium. Uh, it was at SMU. It was a really terrific game. It was. it was against BYU. Unfortunately, Tulsa allowed a very late in the first half score and. And then a score with something like 11 seconds to go in the game on the fake spike. And BYU beat Tulsa 24-21. That's one. That's one bowl game that got away. Uh, it, it is. You know, as you mentioned, Tulsa's been in this game twice, lost both those games. The Utah game here was the very first Armed Forces Bowl, and that was a really good Utah team. That's when they were really finding themselves. You know, Urban Meyer had, had, had done such a great job there, and then they start rolling through some of these great coaches. And they just came in, and that was just that was overwhelming. But that BYU game, yeah, and I, I'll never forget the you know the, the the play Riley what's his name their quarterback Riley Nelson Riley yeah. Nelson makes on a on a fourth and thirteen where he jukes a guy and he gets the first down but then on the fake spike you could just feel it was coming and Tulsa was still there but they did exactly what they were supposed to do it was a terrific game it was a great day. Yes, but zero and two in this game, and let's go win it for a change. Yeah, I would, I would say yes. And this is the first uh, bowl game for Tulsa since 2016, which obviously was a very nice taste in your mouth. The Miami Beach Bowl was a terrific experience for everybody and record setting and that sort of stuff. So let's get let's get back to that. Let's get back to uh, playing playing well in a bowl game and, and beating a Mississippi State team because yes, they're three and seven, but it's an SEC team. It'll be a nice a nice feather in the cap of Coach Montgomery and the team if they can get this. There is no question 
question about that, and I don't care if they're three and seven. It's Mississippi State. It's a it's a team everybody in the country knows. Everybody know my, you know if you know football, you know Mike Leach coaches yep. there. You know it's the SEC. You know Mississippi State's where Dak Prescott went to school and things like that. You know what's happening in that place in Starkville, and they've always had you know Jackie Sherrill go back to the legacy they had back then. You know there are good players there, and I think for Tulsa winning any of those kinds of games, these are the ones you have to continue to win to people for people to say. Okay, this team lost to Cincinnati by three on a field goal as time expired, and then you lose four or five places in the ratings. That's ridiculous. Yes. That should never happen. Right. But until you win these games consistently, it will. And so this is your chance to say, I know they're three and seven. Don't care. We're going to go win this game, move into next year, and that's what really starts to help you, I think. Yeah, I think, and you know, I mentioned earlier, 20th ranked. Actually, TU's number 22 uh, in the nation. I was looking at last week's Cincinnati sheet, and when Tulsa was ranked 20, uh, number 20, they moved to 22 in one poll, 25 in the coaches' poll, that's which the is one that just really ridiculous. Because they were 20 in the coaches' poll, they go to 25. Losing to the number six team in the country. I mean, it's just it's As just time expires. Yeah. It's just, uh, to me, it just makes you kind of shake your head. But what this game also is, this game is, is, is a contest to keep your ranking. Yes. Because if you win this game, you will not, I don't think, uh, be knocked out of the top 25 uh, as, as a result. And, you know, there have been fewer bowl games this year because of all the cancellations. But I think that's the other thing you're doing. You're, you're solidifying uh, the longest stretch of being ranked consecutively that Tulsa's had, I think, in their history. There yes, was some yes. time in the 40s, but this would be the longest stretch. And to me, that's a, that's a testament to, to perseverance. That's a testament to, to overcoming a lot of different odds and a lot of different things in this strange, strange year. And I think the, the credit goes to head coach Philip Montgomery and his staff. I, I don't think people realize it was the Boston College head coach who, when they opted out and they were one of the early ones, said, you don't have any idea what this has been like on our players. And when, as soon as you say that, people go, oh, these privileged kids, they right. get everything and blah, blah, blah. You understand if you're around it. These guys also work their tails off. Football's not what it was when you and I first started doing games. Back then, you did have an off season. There's no such thing anymore. This guy, and, and yes, I know a lot of guys are playing to make a living at some point, but the constant testing. I just can't imagine for Chris Nerio and his training staff yeah, unbelievable. what he's been through. What your administration has to go. What Robbie Sabatala has to go through just to travel a football team. I mean, we came down in the van because we came separately, and we've got the big thing of disinfectant they have to carry around yeah. with them everywhere on the spray bottles. I hope that some program allows people inside when this is over to show you what it was like and the grind. These kids can't go out and they can't go socialize like they want to. And let's they're college kids. Yeah. You know, that's part of the experience in college is you're supposed to do that. They can't go see their families at Thanksgiving and Christmas. They can't do all those things. They can't just maybe hang out with their girlfriend. Because of everything you have to give up to do this. Yes, you get reward. I understand that. But it is a great testament to how you can handle this if you do and if a group comes together to do it. And remember, Tulsa had one issue early and only had to move a game once. Right. Every other issue has been other schools. Yep. Not this group. And I think they deserve everything they're getting. Absolutely. Six and two on the season. Five and one in COVID games. So we'll we'll take 11 and three or whatever. <laughs> there right? you go. There you know? you go. All right. That wraps it up for Eye of the Hurricane podcast. On the road with the cane, we will close things out with the open. This is our scene setter tomorrow for the Armed Forces Bowl on the air at 10 o'clock in the morning. You folks that listen and subscribe here on the podcast get the first peek.
Today marks the 22nd bowl game in the history of University of Tulsa football. It all started on January 1st, 1942 as Glenn Dobbs led the Hurricane in their first ever bowl game, a 6-0 win over Texas Tech in the Sun Bowl. Since then, there have been some thrilling TU Bowl victories, like in 1964 when the Hurricane rallied to beat Ole Miss in the Blue Bonnet Bowl, the big rally in the 1991 Freedom Bowl, and a win over San Diego State. In 2005, the Liberty Bowl came down to the last moment. Smith with a fake handoff rolls right, still rolling, still rolling. He's going to run it, and he dives into the end zone. Touchdown, Paul Smith, and the Hurricane has taken a 30-24 lead with 255 rims. Paul Smith's dive into the end zone completed a big comeback win over Fresno State. In 2007, the Hurricane made history in the GMAC Bowl. The zero's up. Final score, TU 63, Bowling Green 7. That margin of victory, the largest in college bowl history. And just a couple of years ago, back to pass, Evans throws on a slant, caught, touchdown, Atkinson. TU's record-shattering offense beat Central Michigan in the Miami Beach Bowl. But there have been stinging losses as well in bowl games. The 1943 Sugar Bowl saw number 4 TU's unbeaten season come to an end at the hands of Tennessee. In the 1953 Gator Bowl, the Hurricane lined up for a game-winning kick in the final moments. It sailed wide, and Florida escaped with a 14-13 win. And most recently, the last time Tulsa was in the Armed Forces Bowl, heartbreak in Dallas. Clock is moving, 18 seconds to go. They fake the spike, back to pass, Nelson throws. End zone caught. Hoffman touchdown. BYU with 11 seconds to go. My goodness. BYU takes the lead. 23-21. This is TU's 11th bowl game in the last 18 years. And today it's back to the Armed Forces Bowl in a date with Mississippi State of the SEC. Well, I think more than anything, I think it's uh, these young men and the way they've prepared, the way they've worked, the way they faced the challenges throughout the year. They've earned this right to play in this game. Coach Philip Montgomery's team has shown tremendous tremendous resilience all year long and today they face the air raid offense of Mike Leach along with the physical bruising defense of Mississippi State. It's a chance for the nationally ranked Golden Hurricane to stay that way and kick 2020 out the door with a rousing victory in a bowl game. It's the Armed Forces Bowl from Fort Worth here today. This is Eye of the Hurricane podcast, the official podcast of University of Tulsa Athletics. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Golden Hurricane Sports Network. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane? Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.